Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher and church planter in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for His sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome back to Lose Yourself. Today's episode, we rejoin our conversation with Ben Neiser, pastor of Mosaic Church in Provo, Utah, on the topic of discipleship. Teachers prepare their students for the day that they are no longer in their class. That's a good word. Okay. They prepare them to graduate. The measure of success for a teacher is that that student has moved on without them. Okay. We see this actually play out in second Peter versus, uh, second Peter one, 12 through 15, where, where Peter is saying like, Hey, you know, I have been, I've been trying to instill these things in you because Peter knows in second Peter, he knows he's about to be martyred for the faith. He's not just moving towns or they're moving away. You know, like some people that we disciple. No, no, no. He's talking about, I'm about to die. I'm about to breathe my last. And what he's saying there in that passage, he's saying, everything that I've been doing has been leading to the point where you could flourish without me present. And here's, uh, I want to read that, that passage of scripture. I want to pull it up just real quick because it is, it is so informative. And so second Peter verse or chapter one, verse verses 12 through 15. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right. As long as I am in this body to stir you up by way of reminder, that's, that's what someone who disciples does. Since I know that, that the putting off of my body will be soon. He's saying, I'm going to die soon. And our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And here's, here's the key verse for me when it comes to discipleship relationships. Verse 15. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. See, Peter's saying, what I've prepared you for is me no longer being here. You don't need me anymore. Yep. You can do this on, you know, you can do this without me. And that's what we need to be preparing anybody that we are discipling for. When I think back on some of my teachers and mentors, it's fun to go visit them and they will fine tune something mm -hmm. but like, but they take more joy in saying, look, looking at things that they taught me and things that I'm applying at this moment and, and putting into others. And that's the fun part is when you disciple someone who then disciples someone who then disciples someone and you see that spiritual truth go from you to this person and beyond. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that that's when, from a missional standpoint, we get excited because again, attractional is great. I'm not dissing per se, but I'm just saying that it's more exciting and it's quicker when, like we said, I think most people assume that in discipleship, someone's going to saddle you with someone who's going to suck your life out mm -hmm. and then it's going to make you less effective and less evangelistic. And then you're not going to be able to get what you need to get done, done. And when it can be the opposite, it can be you, you set it up from go, you put expectations on that person and then you expect to one day they're going to outgrow you and in turn multiply. Mm -hmm. And like, so talk to me about, I think you said you, you met people, been meeting with people since you were sophomore year of college yeah. that have outgrown you, Ben, mm -hmm. and have taken on other people. What is that like? Yeah. I mean, I had this experience when I went back to my, my hometown, 
I met this young lady at, at one of our churches, a partnering churches there. And she goes, you don't know who I am, but I'm, I'm David James's uh, younger sister, like much, much younger, like 10 years younger. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I go, yeah, I, I know who David James is. I said, I'll be real honest with you though. I said, he was a freshman when I was in my fourth year on staff. And by that point in time, in my fourth year on staff, David was being discipled. Your brother was being discipled by somebody who was being discipled by somebody that I was discipling. He was the fourth generation of discipleship relationship in my fourth year. And so when we talk about, like, if you want to talk about, like, church growth strategy, discipleship as church growth strategy, there it is. Right. Right? I was discipling Mick, who was discipling Mark, who then Mark picked up David and said, I'm going to start discipling you. Like in church planning, the definition of a church planning movement is when a church plants a church that plants a church. Mm-hmm. And by the same token, when you have a disciple who makes a disciple who makes a disciple, that's when we're cooking with oil here. That's right. when things are moving. Right. Absolutely. And Mick had multiple guys that he was meeting with while I was meeting with him and then on on down the road. And so, you know, you see those kinds of things. But yeah, I mean, one, one of the things for me is, is just, again, we're not a measure of success in the sense of discipleship that everybody that I've discipled is in ministry. Right. But the people that I've discipled have gone on to be faithful men of God, faithful coaches, mm-hmm. faithful engineers, uh, faithful husbands and fathers, right? Faithful members of churches. We need you know? more of that. Yeah. And I like this because... I don't care whether you call it Sunday school or small group or cell group or whatever, Bible study, mm-hmm. home groups, whatever you want to call it. This first season, we were so enamored with, you know, big events and other kind of fantastical, you know, expressions from the local church body that people would honestly say that I'm just a Sunday school teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm just a small group leader. I'm Listen, folks, if you're, that's who you are, you are the backbone. You're the rock stars in my vote because, you know, uh, in youth ministry, I was there for 25 years and nothing made me happier is when we had the graduation day or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're like weeping over their Sunday school teacher or over their mentor or over that person from the church who'd invested in their life. Because as a staff member, yay, it's, 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 it's all well and good. But like when you know that, that, that's people in that church looked after, adopted, invested in people, other people in that church, that's when you know that some health was going on, that there was some, some vitality and the future looked bright for that church. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not all about the professionals. Right. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, the professionals are supposed to be equipping the saints. Yeah. Forgive us for that term, but I for mean, the work of the ministry, yeah. right? Ephesians four tells us that. So, and then what we are supposed to be doing in equipping the saints for the work of the ministry so that all may ob- uh, obtain maturity in Christ. Yeah, that, that, that is the end goal for us in ministry is to disciple people who are going to make disciples of others. That's awesome. So how would you wrap this up? What is a call to action or a, uh, a point of uh, application for anyone listening? So it's again, it's a starting point, right? This is not feast or famine, folks. This is not, oh my gosh, I got to turn my life upside down to begin to be discipled or to disciple someone else. Start with an hour a week. Start with prayer, number one. Start with prayer. Pray that God would reveal to you someone in within your body, your local church, that you could pour into and begin to disciple. And when we talk about teachers, 
talking about teachers, that doesn't mean that you have to be fluent in the language of the kingdom. That just might mean that you know a little bit more of the language than they do, okay? And you can teach them what you know. And so begin with prayer. Hey, God, who's somebody in this church that's younger in the faith than I am that I can just simply teach what I know, share what I know, walk with them in Scripture, encourage them and pray for them? But then also that you would find somebody older in the faith than you that would be willing to, to meet with you and, and begin something along those lines as well. It might even be an every other week kind of situation that might be a more realistic thing. But one of my big, big rules is consistency. Again, with any kind of life transformational decisions that we make, we have to create a routine and we have to be consistent in that routine. Don't do, you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, Saturday morning. I can do Saturday morning. No, you can't. You're on vacation. Your kid gets sick. You want to watch college football. You can't do Saturday morning. Your kid's going to have a soccer game. Don't do Saturday morning. Find a lunch hour. Figure it out. Take one long lunch uh, every other week and go meet with somebody. Okay? So, like, those would be some things to where you can find that consistency in that time frame. But that's really what we're talking about. It's like some small incremental steps here of finding someone that's going to pour into you and you pouring into someone else. Ben, how do you know if you've become the translator? Yeah. So how do we know? Yeah. How, if, how do I know if I have become the dreaded translator, right? Right. Is the person that you're pouring into flourishing when you're not around? Mm. Wow. Do they shrivel or flourish when you're not around? Because if they're shriveling when you're not around, more than likely they've become dependent upon you, especially if they're flourishing when you are around. Because mm. if they're shriveling in both places, then we know <laughs> that it's maybe it's not you. Well, there's always those people that they have those people in their Sunday school class or, or their small group or that they've invested in who they're getting calls seven times a day. Mm -hmm. Is that healthy? No. When, no. What, what, would you, what advice would you give them if they were in that position? Well, I would give the advice of you probably didn't state your expectations clearly on the front end. So now you got to have a sit down and you've got to now put forward. First off, you got to apologize to them. You got to say, hey, I am. I, I want to be apologetic here. I want to say that I wasn't clear on the on the front end of what this relationship needed to be. And and what we're kind of getting into is is a what I would say an unhealthy or dangerous territory here. If you need Christian counseling, if you need some of those kinds of things, we will get you the help that you need. That's not what this is. Right. And I wanted to make sure I included that because we need to be sure we resource people that need it. Yes. Don't get in over your head. Correct. And, you know, seek out the help of your pastor or other trusted spiritual advisors. If you have someone who is, you know, sucking the life out of you or has expressed the desire to harm themselves or others, or that put themselves in that position where they're putting their whole Christian life on your engineer hands. If mm -hmm. you don't meet with me, if you don't do these things, I'm just going to turn away from the faith. I'm going to leave. I'm going to do something drastic. It's important that as a discipling community that we work together because there's those people are out there and they need help and we can get it to them. But the way that it's not healthy to take that on yourself. Correct. The other thing is, is that they are running the conversation when you meet together and not you. And so what I mean by that is like with a translator, Hey, can you know, Hey, Chris, can you tell the waiter, I want this. 
okay, hey, what, what did he say? Can I, can I order that? Like, who's running the conversation? It's the individual that needs the translator. And then the translator is just responding to what that individual is, is needing them to do. That would be where you're kind of functioning as a translator. You need to come in and you need to say, here's where we're going. Here's the topic of conversation. Ephesians 1 this week. Did you read? Awesome. Let's talk about it. What did you see in the text? How is it affecting your life? Ask good questions, but you're running the conversation. If over the next several weeks with that person, you're realizing, wait a minute, you know, 45 minutes of our hour together is just them vomiting out all of their problems. And it has nothing to do with the text of scripture that we're supposed to be looking at. Like you got, you got an issue there that needs to be remedied. Now I wouldn't say cut it off. I would just say redirect it and re-communicate or communicate, you know, for the first time, the expectations of what this is. And the sneaky version of that is if their application to every scripture is the same talking point that (laughs) they keep interrupting Mm -hmm. you with, that it's important to help them grow, to hold them accountable, to, uh, to dream, help them dream bigger dreams for themselves mm-hmm. and, and, to, but most importantly, point them to Christ. Right. You're right. Because so many times we again, get about the symptoms and don't make it about the discipleship. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's right. huge. Uh, ben, this has been so empowering. I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to talk to us about this issue uh, quickly. Where can we find you online? Where can we find your blog? Where can we find those things? So I am at Ben-Nizer, N-E-I-S-E-R on Instagram. And I post a lot of uh, things there, links to the things that I'm writing uh, on there. And then we are at Mosaic Church Provo on Instagram or on Facebook. Either one of those places I will post uh, different things that I'm, I'm writing on, different musings, if you will. Well, awesome. We appreciate you being there. Make sure you check him out. It's a real privilege to have you, Ben. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it, man. This has been Lose Yourself. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a ministry of Grace Church and Mike Cunningham and a production of Key Radio.